What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chin Chat Unfiltered. It's your host, Chinadu Amanu. I hope you all are feeling blessed and refreshed today. Yesterday, we had two great games. Um, we had the Miami Miami taking on the Bucks. They were able to close that series out yesterday. And my Lakers were able to go up 2-1 against the Rockets in a pivotal game three. I'm going to get to that a little later, but right now I want to start off with the Heat and the Bucks. So we all know that Giannis didn't play. Um, he re-injured his ankle in game four and he was out the entire second half. So I thought once Giannis went out, I was like, all right, you know, this series is over. Miami is about to, is about to sweep the Bucks, but the Bucks were able to find a way. Um, they were moving the ball a little better. Um, Chris Middleton was huge for them. I saw a tweet that that said that Chris Middleton looked more like Kevin Durant than Chris Middleton, which was which was hilarious. But um, yeah, he was able to close that game out for them, and they won by three in Game Four. But Game Five, Miami, they started off, they got off to a slow start. They only had nineteen points in the first, but their bench brought them back into it with the likes of Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, who was huge for them, and Kelly Olynyk. You know, I want to get into Tyler Hero. You know, Tyler Hero was huge for was huge for Miami, especially down the stretch. You know, he had two tough dimes and and one. You know, I love the confidence this kid plays with. He really opened up the game for Miami. He's also leading rookies in points per game in the playoffs. I'm surprised he didn't get any rookie of the year votes. You know, I thought granted he didn't start for Miami, but you know, he's been huge for Miami coming off that bench. You know, he was really a reason why they were able to um, open up this game. But Milwaukee, Milwaukee was flat in the second. Um, their their bench production, their be- yeah, they had zero bench production to finish off the first half. And that's why they, they were in a hole. And, um, you know, they started the third quarter playing very well. You know, DiVincenzo, who they call White Jesus um, back in high school, which is hilarious. But, you know, he started playing hard. And then uh, Wesley Matthews had uh, great, great defense on Jimmy Butler. But, you know, they found themselves in a lot of foul trouble. You know, DiVincenzo had four fouls in the third. Middleton had four fouls in the third, you know. And then Milwaukee had 13 straight possessions where they didn't score. You know, they started off the third quarter in a scoring drought. So that mixed with foul trouble. That's why they found themselves they found themselves down. And like I said, Miami's bench was huge. Um, you know, they outscored they outscored um Milwaukee's bench by a lot. So, you know, Miami Miami really came to play yesterday. You know, they knew that this game was a must win because, you know, you don't want to give the Bucks confidence that to coming off a game four win where they finished the game off without Giannis. So you don't want to give a team like this, the best offensive team in the NBA this year, you don't want to give them a chance to, you know, um, get another game in this series. And now it's 3-2 and maybe Giannis comes back in game six and they force a game seven, you know. So you don't want to give the Bucks the Bucks confidence. But hats off to Miami's defense. Like I said, the Bucks are the great the they were the best offensive team in the NBA this year and the the Heat held them to the Heat held them to under a hundred points. And that was like I think either the fourth or fifth time this year that Miami has no that Milwaukee has scored under a hundred points. So shout shouts out to shout out shouts out to Miami. But in the fourth, you know, like I said, Tyler Hero was 
just amazing for them. You know, he had a no-look pass to Iggy, which set him up for a dunk. Then he had another dime. And then he drives to the lane and gets an and one. You know, I love the confidence he plays with. And they were telling a story how um, he's from Wisconsin. But, you know, the Wisconsin schools weren't too high on him. So he wanted to go elsewhere. He wanted to go to Kentucky to play basketball. So he was receiving, like, death threats um, and just he had threats sent to his house because he didn't choose any of the the Wisconsin schools. So he was saying that, you know, things like that really fueled him to just go to UK and make a name for himself. And, you know, I watched him at UK and I was impressed. You know, I was like, this kid can hoop. You know, this kid is a bucket and he's not scared of anything. Um, So I think he was a great addition for Miami. And he was, like I said, he was great off the bench. You know, anytime somebody can come in and give you 14 off the bench, that's great. Kelly Olynyk get them 12 off the bench. Iggy chipped in with six. Kendrick Nunn chipped in with six. You know, and this was a game where Miami had six guys who scored in double figures. You know, like I said, the Miami gives me kind of like the Toronto vibe of last year where it's like it's a complete team. You know, everybody chips in. Everybody, everybody does takes care of their business. And then you know, when they need somebody to close the game, they go to Jimmy Butler. And that's exactly what happened. You know, the likes of Tyler Hero was was able to open up this game. But, you know, when it came down to when it came down to the stretch, that's when Jimmy Butler really took over and he started setting people up and putting people in positions to score. He drove to the lane a couple of times and he was perfect from the line yesterday. I mean, you know, when your best players 100 percent from the free throw line, you're going you're gonna to most likely win the game. But Jimmy Butler had a solid game. He didn't have to do too much. He only shot six times from the field, but got to the line eight times, had 10 rebounds yesterday, six steals, one block. So, you know, Jimmy Butler, he didn't have to go out there and give them 30 or 40. And that's, like I said, to the credit to Miami. You know, they play a balanced, a balanced game, you know. But Drogic, too, he's been great for Miami. He had 17 for them yesterday, um, seven of 15 from the field, two of five from three. You know he didn't have he didn't have a bad game either. Jay Crowder too. This is the best we've seen Jay Crowder playing in a while. You know Jay Crowder is always you know that chippy three and D guy. I remember when he was on Boston, even like Utah too. Like Jay Crowder is a chippy guy. So I think that was a great addition for Miami. I I feel like he fits their culture you know guys like him jimmy butler they fit miami's culture of that just hard nose get it out the mud blue collar kind of guy so i think that was a great addition for them um duncan robinson though needs to play a little better moving forward especially in the next round if they meet up with either boston or toronto i personally think it's going to be boston but if it's yeah if it's either team duncan robinson has to play better just because he is their best three-point shooter on the team you know he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league so he definitely has to play better for the for Miami if they stand a chance if they want to advance to the to the NBA finals you know but what a disappointing end for Miami though I know not Miami Milwaukee there were high expectations for them you know they were the number best record in the league for the second year in a row so we're expecting we're expecting a lot of things from them this year you know last year uh was disappointing they were up 2-0 on toronto and toronto ends up ends up coming back and and beating them um 
they would end up winning four straight to take that series in six. So we're coming into this year and we're like, all right, you know, what's going to happen with Milwaukee? And they're, they're playing out of this world. I mean, Giannis, Giannis's numbers this year were crazy and just he and he didn't even for the most part he only played like 30 minutes but his like his his usage rate he had the highest per in nba history was averaging around 30 points per game like Giannis had a great year assuming he's going to be mvp back-to-back mvp um defensive player of the year this year too they're the best offensive team in the league one of the best defensive teams in the league so to go out like this in five to Miami is, is very disappointing. So now it's like, all right, where do they go from here? Because it's like, you know, you have Giannis under contract. You have Chris Middleton and uh, Bledsoe under contract for three more years. You have Giannis under contract until 2021. So I assume that they are going to offer him the Supermax. You know, right now Giannis is saying that I'm not requesting a trade. I'm not going anywhere. But, you know, guys say this all the time. And then at the last second, jump, jump, uh, flip, flip their way of, uh, of talking and um, do something else. So it's like, you know, can we trust what Giannis is saying? Like, do we believe he's going to stay if, you know, he has one more year? And I assume that they're going to offer him the Supermax this summer. So it's like, does he sign that or does he wait it out and, kind of do a wait and see but then it's like if he doesn't sign it do you look now to trade him just to make sure you're getting value back for him but at the same time though you know Giannis is um Giannis is one of the best players in the league you know he's the focal point of Milwaukee's offense so I don't think you know personally me though I don't think Giannis is leaving Giannis strikes me as one of those guys where it's like his loyalty is to the franchise that took the chance on him which what Milwaukee did because, you know, a lot of teams passed on Giannis. Milwaukee picked him up. And from there, Giannis has gotten better every single year. So, and they signed his brother, too. Like, his brother literally plays zero minutes. But they signed his brother just so they're like, you know what? Like, Giannis, we want to keep you. So, you know, Milwaukee has done the necessary things to try and keep Giannis. So, I think there's been rumors that Milwaukee is looking to see if they can trade for CP3. I love that. You know, you go you go get a guy like CP3, a proven winner, a veteran, somebody who's had a great year this year. You know, um, he he came back ready to hoop. He was on his revenge tour this year, all-star, made the all-star team this year. So I think you bring in a guy like that and, you know, that's another, that's another shot creator for you right there to take the load off of Giannis. That's somebody that, can give you can give you a bucket when it matters good defender too so scrappy guy like so a leader proven leader president of the um nba nba players association so you know cp3 has a good track record so if i'm the bucks i'm definitely looking to explore that but with okc and then it's like all right you know who do we want for that you know do you have to give up a guy like middleton to go get um cp3 you know, with CP3's crazy contractor, you know, I would definitely look to move somebody like Eric Bledsoe. I just feel like Eric Bledsoe has underperformed for them. You know, he had two, two of 12 from the field yesterday, only nine points. From your starting point guard, that's not enough, especially when Giannis is out. You got to give me something better than that. You know, Chris Middleton, eight for 25 from the field. I was saying that I don't think 
on a championship team, Chris Middleton can be your second best player. I I just I just don't see that. So maybe somebody like him should be moved. You know, probably try and try and get in a trade where it's like Middleton and Bledsoe for like CP three and Gallinari. You know, just so like you're getting something back. You know, because you're losing a big piece in Middleton, but if you can get back a piece like Gallinari, you know that's not bad at all. So. The Bucks definitely have a lot of questions to answer over the offseason because they didn't they didn't get any better after last year. You know, they they ran it back with the same guys and you know, we expected for them to at least make the NBA finals, but you know, going out in the they didn't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's definitely a lot of questions going into the offseason. I really think that they need to take a hard look at that team and see what kind of moves they can make because the way the team is structured now I just think it's going to be the same result and Giannis has to come back with a jumper I mean in the regular season Giannis game is perfect you know but in the in the playoffs once the game slows down it turns into more of a half court offense teams are knowing how to play you now building up a wall against you I think now it's you have to yeah, you have to get that jumper, at least a mid-range jumper. You know, I, I've seen when they've left him open, Giannis isn't scared to shoot it, which is a good thing, you know, unlike like somebody like Ben Simmons, which refuses to shoot. At least Giannis will shoot it, but he now he just has to make them. <laughs> so that's definitely one aspect of his game that Giannis should work on in the offseason. But I trust Giannis. I think that he's going to come back next year. Hopefully with a jumper. Let's pray. But I think he will, though. You know, I think he's heard the critics. He's heard the critics. And I, I think he'll make the necessary adjustments. But, yeah, so that's my that's my spiel on the on the Heat and the Bucks. You know, shout out to the Miami Heat. You know, they're doing it right now. They're killing it. Eight and one in the playoffs so far. Only loss coming in this series. So Miami there. Like I said, they're 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 ready. They're ready. They're locked in. You know, Jimmy Butler said it's a business trip, and he's sticking to his word. So I whoever has to face them in the next round, good luck. But I think assuming Boston wins that series, I'm not going to jump the gun, but assuming Boston wins that series, I think Boston matches up very well with them. And if Boston gets back Gordon, if they get Gordon Hayward back, you know, that could be big for them. That could be big for them. But Tatum, Tatum's playing great. Kimba's playing great. Jalen Brown is playing great. Marcus Smart, you know, he's gritty. I like him. Wanamaker is coming off the bench and giving them good production. So the Eastern Conference Finals, it's setting up to be setting up to be something something nice. Can't wait for that. But yeah, no, that's all I have on Miami Heat and Bucks. Next, I will get into the Rockets and the Lakers. My Lakers were able to my Lakers were able to Get that nice W yesterday to take the series lead. But I'm going to get into that after a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Chin Chat Unfiltered. Thank you for a word from our sponsors. Because of them, we're able to pay the rent. So shout out to the sponsors. All right, off to the Lakers, Lakers and Rockets game. So as you all know, my team is the Los Lakers. We were able to get the W yesterday. I was, man, this game, this game, I knew this game would be back and forth. Going into it, I'm like, yeah, 
definitely it's going to be a game that goes down to the wire and I had us winning. I was like, you know what? It's going to go down to the wire and and the Lakers they'll pull through. You know, I think they're going to ride off the game 2 momentum and and find a way to make it happen. But both teams looked good out the gate. I mean, you know, Bron being aggressive and setting the tone for us. That's what we need from Bron, you know. I I was trying to explain to my friends that are Bron fans. I'm like, "Listen, guys, when Bron scores 30 or more points, we don't lose." I forgot what the record was, but when Bron every time this year that Bron has scored 30 or more points, we haven't lost. So I told them, I'm like, and especially in game one, granted, it was a feel-out game. I know that's how Bron likes to do it sometimes. Feels out the opponent, sees how they're guarding him, you know, see how their defense is moving, and then from there makes the necessary adjustments. But zero points in the fourth quarter is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. But game two, he came out, was aggressive from the jump. Same thing with game three. So I was like, all right, you know, Braun is definitely keeping us in this game. He had 13. He had 12 points in the, in the in the first quarter. And so because of that, we were only down one. But Russ, I want to get into Russ. Russ really rebound, rebounded strongly from a poor performance in game two. And that's the one thing, you know, I, I know Russ gets a lot of slander, but that's the one thing I respect about Russ, like his heart. He's not scared of anybody, and his confidence is just is, is is like that. His confidence is one of the best we've ever seen. You know, it's sometimes that that hurts him because he thinks sometimes he thinks that like he's the closer for teams, and he just kind of like he, he gets in his own way sometimes. You know, just because he's going at a hundred miles per hour every single minute that he's in. You know. Which is good. Like, we like the effort, but sometimes it's like, man, tone it down a little bit. Get everybody else involved. Make the right play. Like, it's not all about you, you, you. But he had 13 points in the first, in, in the first quarter. He was aggressive. So him and Braun were just going back and forth in the first quarter. And because of that, you know, it was, it was just a tight, it was a tight game. Then off to the second, Braun kept, kept us in this game. I just want to say Braun really kept us in this game. Like... Ron had 29 points after the first after the first half. And we just needed everybody else to step up. You know, Russ and Harden, they were playing in sync in the second quarter. And, you know, Russ was looking like the older Russ. So he was able to get Houston to um, get into a five-point. They had a five-point lead towards the end of the second quarter. And the turnover bat, the turnovers were killing us. You know, they the Rockets were capitalizing on our turnovers. We had eight turnovers in the first half, but like I said, thank God for Braun. If it weren't for him, we, we would be getting we would we would have been getting aired in the first half. Like it would have been it would have been over. We'd have been down by at least 15, 20 points at least. But like I said, Braun kept us in and our supporting cast was a no-show in the first half. So I was scared. I'm like, man, this could either be really bad for in the second half or really good in the second half. We were down by three going into halftime. Like I said, 12 points off turnovers for you like for us, Houston was able to capitalize on that. So I was like, you know, we have to take care of the ball in the second half. So these were the kind of adjustments that I were looking, I was looking for. But, man, let me tell you, in that third quarter, the third quarter was a weird quarter, I will say. The third quarter was very weird, but we were able to, we were able to lock in defensively. I mean, great defense by Bron. There were two crazy blocks that he had. He had one on 
on uh, Eric Gordon. He had one to end the quarter on Austin Rivers. Like, those, Braun was looking like, shoot, Braun was looking like all defensive Braun back when he used to play defense once upon a time. But, um, Braun, yeah, Braun, Braun was, Braun was really locked in on both sides. But we had no answer for Harden, though. You know, once our supporting cast was non-existent and our weak side defense was terrible, there was a play where we trapped Russ in the corner and we left James Harden open for a three. I mean, out of all people, Russ isn't somebody you should be trapping in the corner. You know, you definitely have to, somebody always has to be on James Harden at all times. So that was definitely a blunder. I was, I was pissed off at that. You know, but we just let Houston stay in this game. And Houston gave us all they could give us for three and a half quarters. You know, um, it was 82. It was 82 all to end the to end the third quarter. We only held Houston to 18 points in the third quarter, which was solid. Like I said, our defense came to play. Granted, we only scored 21, but holding a team like Houston who, you know, can light you up from three at any waking moment. The fact that we held them to 18 points was great. So like, I, it, yeah, it was a back and forth quarter, definitely a back and forth quarter. But on to the fourth, man. We started off the fourth very aggressive. Bron, Bron was uh, catching mismatches and eat, um immediately demanding the ball and going to work. You know, then Rondo. We I can't say enough about Rondo. I mean, and on a night where our bench just wasn't giving us enough, Rondo give us 21 points 12 points in the fourth quarter nine assists one steal playing great defense on Harden you know like Ron playoff Rondo playoff Rondo made an appearance yesterday I don't know if y'all all saw it but I saw it 12 points in the fourth quarter he kept us in this game granted you know thanks to bronze heroics we were able to stay in this game but Rondo really opened up this game for us you know he had two big threes to put us up and from there we just never looked back his playmaking down the stretch was amazing you know I love when at first I I didn't really like I like it more when Rondo plays with AD and Kuz just because he can create for them because I feel like when it's with Braun everybody outside of AD kind of turns into a spot-up shooter, and that's not really Kuz's game. You know, with Rondo, he gets Kuz involved, and 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 Kuz ended up having 14 points on 7 of 10 shooting, you know, playing with Rondo. Rondo was able to get him some good looks, let him score the ball the way he likes to score the ball. So, like I said, Rondo's, Rondo's playmaking, but then when he comes in, when he comes in and plays with Bron, it, that takes Bron off the ball and, you know, Bron is dangerous on the ball, but off the ball with Bron just roaming and you know picking apart the defense, that that's that's when Bron is in great position. So, like I said, Rondo playoff playoff Rondo really really helped us down this stretch. Um, we only held the Rockets to thirty eight points in the second half, which was great. So, you know, I think the tide has turned in this series. I had the series going to six, but. I don't know after these two these two solid performances I don't know like I I I think mm, like I hmm, I don't want to jump the gun on this but I really I think Houston though I think Houston's going to rebound and and come out swinging in in game 4 you know if 
I had, yeah, like I said, I had Lakers in six, but I can see Houston winning game four. I can see them winning game four. But if we win game four, this series is over in five because I don't see Houston winning another game if we if we win game four. I mean, this was Houston's chance and, and they blew it because we, our supporting cast is playing terrible. So I liked... I like the adjustments Frank Vogel made. And I also noticed JaVel McGee only played seven minutes. Dwight Howard didn't play at all. So Frank Vogel is finally making the necessary adjustments that we need. Houston plays small. So we can't, we can't afford to play guys like JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Because who are they guarding? Who are they guarding on Houston in Houston's lineup? You know, the, the players are too small for them. Unless we go zone, but... Zone doesn't really work for Houston since they're a great three-point shooting team. You have guys like Harden and Russ who are able to penetrate the, the defense, get to the hole. So, you know, this is not the series for JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. So I just hope that they stay ready for next the next series, assuming we play the Clippers. You know, we could use them there. But for right now, no. I like that AD is embracing that role and go, moving to the five. Markeith Morris, he didn't he didn't really have that good of a game. He cooled off from game he cooled off from game three, but you know, playing him a little more. Um Rondo playing him in that closing lineup. So Danny Green though. We need a little more from Danny Green, man. I mean, one for five for the field. Come on, Danny Green. But Danny Green is hot and cold. He'd even make a three yesterday, so I'm expecting a a big game from him in the near future because right now he's been he's been pooping the bed. I don't know what's going on with Danny Green, but we need him to we need him to come alive in this series, especially since Houston is a great three point shooting th team. But yeah, the final was one twelve to one hundred two. Bron thirty six points, seven rebounds, five assists, four blocks, and now Bron is the. Uh, he has the most wins of any player in NBA history, most playoff wins of any player in um, NBA history. I mean, that just speaks to Brown's greatness. I mean, there's what more can I say about the guy? You know, he is playing. He's been playing at a high level since he got into the league, made the playoffs almost every every year. Doesn't go home in the first round, never has never went home in the first round. So props to him, you know, just a. Just a now, another milestone to add to his resume. He passed uh, the great Derek Fisher who played for us. So shout, shout, shout out to Braun. And I love the quote that he had at the end of the, when in his post-game interview, saying that we're, we're doing it for Kobe. Um, we're doing it for all the Lakers greats that played in the purple and gold, Dr. Buss too. So, you know, we shout out to Braun for paying homage to the, to the Lakers dynasty, to the Lakers greats. We have a lot of greats, so, you know, definitely showed them love. AD, 26 points, was feasting on the boards. 15 boards, 6 assists. I'm telling you, when we, when we win the rebound game, we're unstoppable. We out-rebounded Houston by 13, as it should be. You know, Houston Houston is small, so we should be winning the, the rebounding battle every single night. The only problem, we had more turnovers than Houston. So we, like I said, we were very sloppy with the ball in the first half. So that's something that we have to clean up moving forward. I think that's why Houston was able to have a slim lead going into halftime. Just because, like I said, we weren't taking care of the ball at all. 
and our our bench production was way better than Houston's. Rondo, Ron, playoff Rondo is huge for us. Twenty one points, nine assists. So we need somebody. Our third option varies each and every night. It's either Kuz, KCP, or Rondo, or sometimes Caruso. So we just we need a consistent third. I'm looking for. I'm still looking for Kuz to be that guy. If Kuz can give us fifteen to twenty every night, we're in good hands. Like we're we're a cha- we're already a championship team, but that just puts us over the top. If Kuz can give us fifteen and twenty. But like I said, he didn't have a bad game yesterday. 14 points or 70% from the field. But most of it was when the game was already was was already was already in our hands. So I would like to see Kuz a little more aggressive. Probably give him more time in that lineup when you take JaVel out and insert um uh Kuz, put him at the four, then move AD to the five. Maybe, you know, give him some more touches in that lineup. But Overall, I'm pleased. We shot 55% from the field, 33% from threes. At free throws, though, we're only 69% from the line. That's something that we need to work on going forward. You know, a team like us, we have to be a great free throw shooting team because we're going to get fouled a lot between AD, Braun. We're going to have a lot of touches at the line. So we have to we have to be able to knock down those free throws. But like I said, overall, I was I was very pleased we didn't have that same energy that we did in um in game two. I think it was the Mamba jerseys. So we might have to bring those out for game four to take a commanding three one series lead. But um yeah, it was it was a it was a great game on both sides. Houston Houston's tough. Houston's not gonna go down Houston Houston's not gonna go down easy. We definitely have to bring it game four because they could very well tie this series and then now it's two two and game five turns into a must win. You know, teams that teams that win game five think it's like 80, 85 percent chance to win the series. So, yeah, we, we we have to we have to get we have to get game four, make it three one. But tonight we have some great games. Game six, Boston and Toronto. Mm. So I had this series going seven. I have Boston and seven. But the way Boston won game five. I think Boston's gonna close the series out tonight. So I'm closing my eyes. And I'm going with Boston. If you're a betting, if you're a betting man, I think you should put your money. The safest bet is to put your money on Boston. But don't sleep on Toronto. You know Toronto is down 2-0, and they won two straight to tie this series up. So expect Toronto to to come out swinging this game. Um, I could definitely expect to see a great game from Toronto. Siakam has to be better. Larry Larry hasn't been bad. So. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm picking Boston though. Boston just has too much, you know, with Kimba, cardiac Kimba, shout out Kimba, Husky Talk, um Jalen Brown's been playing great. Jason Tatum too. Third year guy just playing phenomenal. He's been playing phenomenal all this all year. I could definitely see him on an all NBA team this year. So yeah, no, they they've been playing great. Marcus Smart is gritty too. And then you have Clippers and Denver tonight. So Denver had game three. Denver had game three. Then down the stretch, the Clippers really tightened up on the defensive end. And the the Nuggets couldn't make a shot. Like I said, this is not a big man's league anymore. So when your best player is a big man, it's so hard. Because somebody has to get him the ball. And I don't know. It just... 
it's just hard to have the offense flow through a big man, especially down the stretch when you truly need a bucket. Like the Clippers, they're forcing guys like like Grant, Jeremy Grant, to to shoot, and he was just bricking everything down the stretch. So Murray didn't play a great game. Paul George and Kawhi had the clamps on him. That that block that Kawhi had with his middle finger, that was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. But Kawhi, Kawhi's a robot. Kawhi is definitely the Terminator, the robot. He He's just different. But I have Denver winning this game, though. I think that Denver... I think that Denver knows what they have to do, and they just have to... They just have to be ready to score down the stretch. MPJ's been huge for them, though. That dunk on Harrell was crazy. But people have to remember, though, like, Harrell's trying to take the charge, but still, that was filthy. Oh, my gosh. Baptized him. <laughs> But yeah, so I have tonight I have Boston and Denver. So that's that's what I'm rolling with. If you're a betting man, I would choose Boston and Denver. That's another episode of Chin Chat Unfiltered. Thank you all for tuning in. You all have a blessed day. Stay up. Chin chat.